to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Hello, hello, everyone listening. Welcome to uh, Getting Hired in Cybersecurity. My name is Io Adiojo. Uh, my goal is to help you get into cybersecurity. And today we have a special guest, uh, Alexander Pong, out of Los Angeles. He is a pen tester, top 1% on Try Hack Me, has uh, a very unique story of uh, and background that we're going to uh, explain here today. Alexander, thank you so much for, sh- for coming out today. Um, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you being on. Um, really excited to, to learn more about you and, and um, your path into cybersecurity. So I guess uh, before we get started, um, can you tell the listeners a bit more about yourself and, and um, your background? Um, yeah, I Grew up kind of just all over, I guess, Southern California. Um, not too much special about me, I guess, up until I would say coming through high school, I ended up moving from kind of the more general LA, Orange County area. I got moved out to uh, more the Inland Empire area. Didn't really care for it. Not much goes on there. I was more used to running around in the streets and doing a bunch of stuff I probably shouldn't be doing. And you know, kind of moving to a place where things quieted down. Uh, I went through a stage where I was unruly and just really didn't care and got in a lot of situations with my parents and um, had a huge discrepancy with my stepfather and got down to the point to where I just needed to take control of my life. I was going nowhere. It's like I, I had a job working warehouse. They wanted to take everything that uh, I was making, and they told me, like, if you go to school, you still got to have a job, so that job can pay for a maid to take care of the things that you're not doing around the house. You know, if you're not going to work, then you have to take care of the house and your sisters. I have uh, four sisters, which none of them talk to me anymore either. Um, it just all came down to one point. I mean, my stepfather, it's like the same old story, you know, super abusive, just absolute, pretty much, and I couldn't handle that no more. Um, packed up my my little truck that I had and took off. And from there, you know, like they say, the, the world is open to those who are willing to go out and take whatever they want. And first thing I did was, you know, try to figure myself out who I, who I really was, kind of reinvent myself and who I wanted to be. Um, I ended up landing at my grandparents' house and the neighbor right next door owned a computer shop. And he told me if I needed a job, he needed someone that can just keep the doors open. Like he wasn't expecting much from me. I didn't have experience, you know, only working warehouse probably for the last three years. And he just handed me the keys, told me, you know, be there at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, open up the store, close it at the end of the day, take in jobs, put it into a system. And that was it. Well, I could only do so much of that until I started getting bored and tired of it. And I started learning um, using Google, YouTube, um, whatever I could get my hands on. There was another technician that worked there for a short period of time. This guy, Mario Figueroa, he, uh, I would say he probably got me even more interested in tech because he showed me all the things that were possible with it. And he showed me how to better, you know, handle everything from building a computer from the ground up to, you know, we were doing virus removals for the shop. We were installing software for people. We were, you know, just debugging things, 
doing hardware uh, replacements and stuff like that. And just, you know, the sheer, I guess, joy on people's faces when you fix this situation for them that they were having problems with, it really resonated with me. Just, you know, people getting that satisfaction and just that relief. I started working my way to uh, some somewhat towards data recovery, data backup. You know, I started seeing the more importance of that. So I would preach it a lot to people and, you know, securities and stuff like that, keeping passwords going. But I didn't know at that time yet still that I would end up here in cybersecurity. Um, I ended up, that job kind of fizzled out. One thing that, you know, some people should know, if you're going to go for those mom and pop shops, you've got to be ready for the shady stuff. A lot of times, you know, these shops aren't as legit as you think, or at least, at least here in Los Angeles, they're not. Um, I found my way into six different locations and each location was almost the same story, almost to a T. You know, it's the, I can't pay you today. I'm going to have to give you half payment now, half payment later. Um, I don't know. We're not just, we're just not pulling in enough money, which I mean, was always ridiculous because you know, you're the front man. So you take the money and you see it. Um, and I, yeah, that, that job ended up just not working out for me. He thought I was trying to steal clients. But what had happened is my wife's car got broken into. I asked him if I could have a day off to get all her cards replaced. Uh, we had to get it reported, all that stuff. And I had already been working 70 hours a week for him. And he didn't like the fact that I needed to take one day for me. And the next day I came in, all the locks were changed. Like literally one day, that's all it took to lose that job. And um, my, my next job I had, I worked there probably for, I think it was eight months, close to a year. Showed up one day, doors were locked, lights were off, none of my keys worked. I looked inside, everything was gone. They pick up, they picked up and left over the weekend. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, I've, I've had a tough go at it. You know, but I, I just stuck with it, stuck with trying to learn as much as I could. You know, I'm the type of guy that you know I try to figure something out. I stay up till midnight. One o'clock, two o'clock. Sometimes I don't sleep. I'll just, you know, I've gone two days, three days without sleep, just working on a project, working on a situation to figure something out. I ended up actually getting myself into a position where I took a one-year contract with uh, Century 21 Real Estate, well, a division of them. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing that I've ever done at that point in, in my life. I, I told that my whole part of the job was I was going to be the point of contact for IT for, I think there's 300 agents. I had 40 employees that I was like, had to, you know, answer to. We had no ticketing system. Everything was run through uh, Gmail and their whole data system was ran off of uh, Google Drive. Absolutely ridiculous. Probably not the right way to learn. So it's like, I was able to get some hands-on experience, but at the same time, not the right experience that I really needed to push forward. But I still took every chance I could to try to work my way through that. I ended up working with the internet providers when they'd come in. So I started learning about the networking side of things because we always had, had printers going down, not connecting to the network. People, it, it was a BY, it was a bring your own device situation. So that was horrible. Um, Everybody brought something new in every day. So I had to always make sure their device connected up with our system. They, we had unprotected Wi-Fi. Um, it was just a mess. So it was up to me. 
I had to learn how to implement, you know, security measurements. We changed the Wi-Fi password to everything. We set up a guest a guest Wi-Fi for people that weren't coming in. They needed to use it, you know, people that were coming as, as guests for these agents. We set up a, uh, a company-wide uh, antivirus software to, you know, trying to monitor at least all the employees that were on there, you know, working with firewalls. And, you know, I had no experience in this. I was just working in little mom and pop shops, you know, swapping out hard drives and things like that. And I pretty much, like I said, I take as much time as I can, as much time as I need to learn something to make it happen. And all this was kind of dumped on me. And so I was told, you're the only one, you're the only one here. We have all these, we had, oh, and they had six locations and I had to be at three of them, three days out of the week. And then one of them, two days out of the week. And all of them were anywhere from 30 to 80 miles from each other. So that was fun. So I got to, I got to learn a lot about myself and what I could handle, the stresses that I could take on, and then also how to learn how to deal with stress better. Um, I'd say probably about eight months into that, they finally hired on another technician and this guy decided he was going to be, I don't know, captain save all the networks and everything. So he wanted to hire his friend on, was told if they hired him on, one of us would have to leave. They said they don't have enough to get that going. So he made it his mission to try to get me fired from that job. It wasn't until three months after that that he finally decided, you know what, we've worked it as a team and we finally put our differences aside. So we started doing that. We started coming up with new things and working with people and just really banging the job out, figuring it out. After that one year contract, we were told that we we're both being let go because their original tech who took a year off to complete one of his certifications decided he wanted to come back and he wanted more pay. And because he already had a reputation with the company, I think he had already been there for like four years prior, um, they dumped us. So from after that, I ended up linking up with Geek Squad. Um, they, they needed someone to pretty much an immediate hire. It was actually around October. I got hired right before Halloween. They asked me, okay, here's a defying, uh, you know, defying act. If you can come in and work on Halloween, we'll give you the job. And tell them I'll work Halloween, I'll work Christmas, I'll work whatever you need me to do. I just need a job. I ended up, uh, they told me, you know, that there's different levels. You got bronze level, silver, and gold. I came in on, uh, what do they call it? An advanced repair agent. So they told me it takes about anywhere from six to eight months to complete to gold. And after that, you can uh, apply for a supervisor role. Well, I was ready for a supervisor role by, I think, into my second month of working there. I had all their tests taken. They have uh, uh, computer courses that you can take. Um, I earned my, all the way up to my silver, my, my gold badge. I never received them, by the way. Still, I still haven't gotten them. Um, yeah, and I got ready to take the supervisor role and I was pretty much told that I hit it too fast. They wanted me to still work there and take my time and they weren't gonna give it to me for until like a year after was, I've been there. And this whole time that I was working, I was also part-time. So to me, that just kind of bothered me that I couldn't move up. I was promised hours, promised more time to work with the systems. I was promised that I could take the supervisor role. And I, th I think after maybe five months, 
I just gave him an immediate letter of resignation. The job just became far too political. It was all about, you know, how, how you're willing to just be friends with somebody and let things slide or, you know, do things on the low for certain people. And I just couldn't do that anymore. And I was also told that the reason why my hours were getting cut was that I was getting systems repaired too fast. So I guess they have a quota and if they go over the quota of what needs to be done, instead of praising you, they cut your hours because they can't, you know, if, if things are getting done too fast, they're not pulling in, you know, money and, you know, they can't situate who they're going to place where. So funny thing about it is when I found out that I left, they did have to put out, uh, what is it? Like, a like one of those little portable benches in the back just to collect the extra work that they couldn't keep up with that I, I was completing because I still, I still kept friends with some of those guys. And then from there, I started kind of doing my own personal consulting and trying to just see where I can fit in for the time being. Jobs weren't opening up. Things were slowing down a lot. Um, trying to go from, you know, place to place without a certification. It was just getting harder and harder. Um, Thing, you know, it's it's like that can only carry you so far with basic computer knowledge, some basic help desk with, you know, as much as I am a big firm believer of you don't need schooling, you don't, you're not, don't necessarily need certifications. They do help. They do show somebody like that's not looking at the, you know, who you are, what you've learned. They're looking more at, you know, what you can prove you've learned, you know, so I don't know, things just died. Even the people that I, I was working with a with a car audio company, and I think I was doing stuff for them for about three months, four months, and their main owner decided it would be more prosperous for them if they moved off to, uh, I think they went back to the Middle East, took the company back there, and they're just going to ship things out from there. So lost them, lost another uh, small company, it's another real estate company, but he was an independent. He ended up moving to a different city, so I wasn't able to help him anymore. And from there, I kind of was just floating around. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. COVID hit. I was trying to get jobs, trying to get work from place to place. Nobody was really hiring. Everybody was afraid. They didn't know what was going on. And so I decided to start getting into CCNA. Now, from there... I don't know. It just, it didn't click with my brain. I had gone as far as to joining with router gods, talking with, uh, McNamara, you know, having, uh, talking with, uh, I forgot his name. I think it's, uh, Humphrey. He, you know, he's a big, he's a big part of, uh, router gods too. And, you know, a lot of those guys there, they were really willing to help me out, really willing to push me forward. Uh, one of them had even sent me a laptop to work off of cause I didn't have a, a strong enough powered one to run packet tracer. And he told me here, you know, don't owe me nothing. Just take it. So, I mean, those guys are great guys over there. Um, as time went by, I realized that this just isn't for me. I kind of lost my dedication. I lost my drive for everything just because I couldn't, I kind of, I, I thought that was something that I was going to grasp. And I thought it was going to be something that I found interesting. Um, within that time, I had packed everything up in a, in a what's it called? A storage unit. Ended up losing that lost everything that I owned. It's already living in my car at this point. 
that stuff's gone. I had nothing. I had a little Chromebook and that was it. Um, I probably spent four months, maybe six months doing absolutely nothing, wasting my life. And I came across a, a video about with Neil Bridges and David Bumble about getting into cybersecurity and if that's something that could be right for you. I started, you know, kind of poking my head around in LinkedIn, kind of poking my head and like just doing some research into Google, you know, looking up, you know, ways to learn cybersecurity, learning cybersecurity where you don't have to pay free courses. I found Hack the Box, tried my luck at that. You know, and all this is on like a four or five year old uh, Chromebook. So I'm doing the best I can. Um, I ended up actually taking a huge liking to it. Took a liking to LinkedIn. I ended up deleting my other socials, sticking, you know, just to LinkedIn, focusing my whole attention to it, building a community, work networking. Um, I did fall prey to the whole adding a thousand people, but I made the mistake like a lot of others did, where they left out the meaningful connections part. And so I was just I was spray and pray adding left and right. Ended up, I think now I'm at 2,700 connections and I'm probably one of the few that this has worked for because a lot of my connections I interact with, I talk with, they send me things. Um, we go back and forth over processes. We work together and it actually built a strong brotherhood through the Ruby Zoo, which me and Martin Anthony, um, we just talked one day. It was, he was just like a, another random ad. And we were going back and forth, shooting the breeze about what we thought was interesting about cybersecurity. We actually started sharing uh, songs to each other. You know, like, uh, I think it's Tabs by Oh My. And we were just really getting into it and thinking like, you know, it'd be really cool if we could take this further, if we could do something different with it. He was expressing his interest in taking CTFs, and, and doing like hacking competitions. I told him, you know what, I've always thought about things like that too. You know, as a kid, you always have that, like, hey, I'm gonna be a hacker. I'm gonna learn how to break into things and do this, do that. And so we kind of came to the conclusion that we wanted to do a team. And we, we kind of muddled around with a bunch of different names and all that. We're still not 100% set on the name or even the icon that we use for it. But as it's been going on more and more, we're about 200 strong in the past three months. And a lot of our members there, great guys pushing forward. Everybody has a determination. Everybody has a drive. You know, everybody's willing to reach out, help. Um, we got Daniel Davidson and uh, Arthur Wilbur. They're both amazing guys on the back end, uh, helping everybody they can. They're trying to learn things. They're, they're posting what they, what they do. They kind of help lead the teams when we do CTFs. Um, I myself actually have stepped back from the group itself and I'm, I'm looking to get more involved again, but I'm trying to push towards um, uh, web application penetration testing. I have a couple opportunities on the table. So with all this going on too, it's like I'm, I'm still having to take care of my wife. I'm still dealing about dealing with us living in the car, still dealing with, um, you know, got to do all the daily things that most people do. Got to hit the gym get a shower in. we still got to cook. Um, normally hit, you know, we go down to like Ralph's or something. We, we pick up food, we cook at a park in a skillet. 
get that out of the way, uh, do laundry, hit the laundromat. I mean, so I've got so many other things that I still have to worry about just the day-to-day -day life like everybody else does. And it makes it a lot harder when you don't have like a home base to set up and just take a minute to breathe. Because my chances to breathe normally aren't uh, until I'd say like until now, like until things like 7 p.m. going close to 8 p.m. now uh, until maybe three, four o'clock in the morning when I got to take her to work. And then after that is when I normally sleep until I got to get back up again and you know start that whole routine over again. So within that amount of time, I am just sucking in as much information as I can from around whatever I can absorb. You know, I'm just trying to be as much of a sponge as possible as well as, like I said, building a community, working with the people around me and just making something happen. I told myself, you know, I've got to be a driving force. Everything in my past has pushed towards something bigger. You know, I've had to always take the back seat to a lot of things. I've always had to just accept what I had and I was tired of accepting what I had. And this time I, I told myself, I'm going to make something of this. And I've taken a huge liking to it more than I thought I would. And so at this point, you know, like you said, I, I've reached 1% on TriHackMe. Um, October, I think I was, uh, I was number 13 out of the top 100 for the month of October. I think I was like number 72, I believe, in top 100 all time for uh, the USA. All that went away quick when everybody, you know, ran back in trying to get their get their last things in for the month. But I still got to have that. I felt pretty good about it. I, I've completed five of the seven trihackney uh, paths and I'm about halfway done with the last two. I was, no, uh, I guess, noticed within the community by Keith Adams and Zach Hill, two just amazing people doing all that they can for the community as well, giving out uh, anywhere from free to extremely cheap resources and courses that have just made a huge difference in my studying. They both reached out to me and well, Zach Hill, he reached out to me. We had a, a conversation and he gifted me a penetration, what is it, a practical networking penetration tester voucher. So I'm working my way to taking that. Um, they gave me the PEH, the, so I've been taking that course. I've been working with Active Directory, trying to get that passed. I have a couple offers on the table for web application testing. So yeah, I mean, I just pile it on and I just keep pushing through it. I feel like I'm only, I'm, I'm just about six months into my cybersecurity journey, but I feel the only way to do it is to take in as much as possible. I've dealt with imposter syndrome. I've kind of had to retell myself, no, you've got this, you're confident, you know, imposter syndrome, I don't have time for it. If I really want to make a, myself a force, if I really want to get in, get, a, get into a role faster than, you know, I, I see people around me, maybe a year and a half, up to three years, kind of taking it slow, getting into it. I don't have time for that. I need to get up out of my situation. I need to get up out of my car. I need to just push. So I've been, I saved up, got myself a better laptop and just plugged away. I sit there probably anywhere from eight to 12 hours a night studying, pushing forward, communicating, talking with people, you know, trying to lift other people up around me because, you know, it really is about who you know, who you're connected to and how you can affect those around you. You know, they can really help you out that, you know, people are a tool as well. 
and it's really good to have them on your side. Um, I probably have my inboxes flooded with multiple PDFs, link courses, podcasts, anything I'd imagine. Every time I post something about, hey, I think this is what I'm going to look into today. Anybody have any recommendations? And the support is overwhelming. And I don't know where I'd be without most of the community, as well as my own drive. Everybody else that has told me that I am a motivation, it just turns right back around and makes me more motivated to push. Because if I can see someone else is motivated by me, I can be motivated by them. Because they're obviously making a change. They're obviously trying to be something better, be something bigger. So I feel like, you know, I can only do them right by continuing my journey, my force, like as I keep saying. Um, yeah, getting to this point now. I mean, I just took an assessment, a junior assessment test. I got another one coming up on the 19th for another company. And, you know, both are great. They're giving me extremely generous uh, accommodations for everything that they're doing, giving me time to study, giving me time to get my thoughts together, to put something together, to be able to take these assessments, uh, getting, getting second chances. So, yeah, I mean, the drive doesn't stop. Anyone can do it. You don't have to do it the way I'm doing it. You don't have to make that hard of a push. All you have to do is just make sure you push somewhat every day. It just takes a little bit. Like like I told someone, like if you've got 10 minutes, a 10 minute break, you got your 45 minute lunch, that's all you need to get on and you know study something. Look at a method. Look at a, an attack vector and get to know it better. You know, try to figure out, you know, how's this hash getting more str- you know, stronger than this one? You know, what does it mean if I've got to be, you know, checking in the, the, the back source code or something? Uh, like if you're just getting into it or even tech in general, it's far more important to take 10 minutes, even if you think 10 minutes is nothing, because you never know what you can learn in that 10 minutes. Maybe nothing, maybe something that sticks with you for the rest of your life. Because I know I sure have. I know that there's times where I've taken so much study time out, but sometimes it's what I learned in that 15 minutes that I wrote down and kept with me in my notes that has stuck with me longer. Not too. Note taking is important, not just for learning how to do report writing, but also for yourself or whatever you're pushing on. I probably have four notebooks. Each notebook is dedicated for a specific thing. And I've got notes on my desktop. I've got notes on my Cali box. I've got notes everywhere. I can't stress the importance of putting it in writing, rereading it, being able to come back to something rather than letting a tab close, letting a link you know, disappear, you lose that, and you can't remember what was so important about it, you know, write it down, get it memorized, get, put it in your head, but whatever you do, just keep pushing, don't stop, like I keep telling everybody, you got this, let's go, make it happen. Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing, uh, amazing, uh, Alexander, it's just, uh, I, I'm I'm actually lost for words uh, with just uh, your, your story and, and where you are now, and and, and I, I'm even excited to to witness what you what you're about to achieve um, with the resources you've had now. I mean, you know, we talk about how you don't need a degree in certifications, and you, you're literally bootstrapping your success uh, with the computer and internet internet connection, and it, it's it's truly inspirational, Alexander. It, it it really is. And 
um, you know, I wrote some notes down here about, you know, making yourself into a force. And, um, you know, I feel a lot of people that, that have gone through hardships, um, aren't as strong or, or, or don't have that faith and belief in their future even. And I really got to ask, uh, and even for my listeners, how were you able to psych yourself into, um, continuing to, to, to strive and, and, and have that drive to change your life? Like where, where did that come from? Because it's not something that many people have. I would say external force is my wife seeing her. She's supporting me through all of this. She has her, she has a job. She's making sure that we stay balanced, that we still have somewhat of a connection to the real world going on around us. We still do try to take breaks out from things. We try to, you know, we go hiking, you know, clears my mind. We go down to the beach. We try to do stuff that's normal just to try to feel like, you know, we are part of society still, even though we're in the situation we're in and just knowing that she's had my back through thick and thin. I mean, she was there when I was making good money. She's there when I'm not. And this force is part of it, making sure that I can now provide for her, find something stable, find something that actually has a future in it. And I don't know, just give her the world that I can. And then an internal force is, I've had a lot of ups and downs through my life, but there's one thing that has never happened and that is giving up. I have wanted to give up multiple times. I am actually, uh, I always feel weird saying this, but I guess a survivor of suicide twice. Um, I've gone through, I've gone through that. I used to be an alcoholic. I, I drank from, I think about, I think I started drinking about 12 years old. And I didn't stop drinking about 21, 22. Um, I was, pretty much drunk through all my high school years, everything around me. Sorry about that. Let's see if just the just the joys of living in LA, I guess. <laughs> um Yeah, so just doing all that. Um seeing where I've come to these days and everything I've gone past and you know hearing you know many different sides and trying to like apply my own worldly views on just things like I, I really have attached to the words of the stoics you know marcus aurelius the most you know and just like not giving so much a, emotion to my day and looking at the things that i can assess and take from it because you know there's so many outside forces that can happen around you you'll have no control over it but you'll waste so much time throwing emotion into it and there's nothing you could have done anyways. So why get so upset? And that's something that I've been learning like probably the last year. And I'm glad I did because it's really helping me, you know, with my cybersecurity journey. That um, I did make a religion change. Um, my, my family does come from Norway. And so a, a lot of the stuff that we do have in our background comes to, you know, their religion and, and their views of things and just, you know, their whole, their whole sight of being a man and, you know, standing up for the things that you believe in, standing up for your cause, uh, never giving up. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you got to be seen as something better. Because, you know, it's the whole thought of like, you know, you, you got to fight, fight, fight. You know, no one will remember your name if you take the easy route. If you if you go and give up, you, you lie down, you, you you take the take the sword to the chest. You know, it, it just to me that resonated so hard with me because I've always been a fighter and I never knew why. I never knew why, like 
everything I did. I was just in the middle of everything, brawling as hard as I could, but I needed something to put it towards. I've always been fighting my entire life, big attitude. I'm an aggressive person. And when cybersecurity came around, it was actually something I could really put a lot of that drive into. I was able to kind of channel it. It's something that really resonated within my head and my body, like, hey, you know what? This kind of calms me, it, it soothes me down, it makes me think, and it just it felt right. So everything like all my all my past and everything going on, it all kind of yeah, it helped me get to the point I am today. But it also makes me remember I don't ever want to go back to that. So I guess like my driving force is like I don't want to go back to those things. Um, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I, I guess that's my biggest driving force is I don't want to be stuck in a rut. I don't want to go back to how things work. I see the great things that cybersecurity can accomplish, not just for my own benefit, not just monetary gain, but it's something that gives me something to think about every day. It's always a puzzle. It's always changing. The community has been amazing. I've been able to create so many friends. I mean, I can literally tell you that before cybersecurity, I had the, my only bit of any type of social existence was between my wife and maybe every so often when I talked to my grandpa, that was about it. And then whoever I saw, wherever I went, that was it. I, nothing. You know, I mean, I'm in daily contact with so many people now and so many people that have made a difference in my life. You know, so even those people helped with my drive. It's just, I have so many like factors coming in that like, I don't even, I can't even name them all. I can't even think about them all. I just know that when they happen, boom, I'm recharged. There I go again. It, it's defeated my imposter syndrome. I don't get burned out. I mean, I got really badly burned out like about two months ago and I kind of stepped away. I stopped working on things for maybe almost two weeks and Everybody reminded me, you know, just how special the community is and, you know, just how much this can really mean to me as a person getting this done. So, you know, just something in my head just does not let me quit. I've tried to quit. I've tried to give up. I've tried to give up on life and something out there has told me, no, you're meant for something else. You're meant to keep going. You're, you're not a quitter. So it's like, I, I got to take all those little signs that life has given me and drive with it. And go with it. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to make this happen. I keep using force because that's the only thing I can think of because a force doesn't quit. It's just going to keep going. It doesn't matter what roadblocks it has in the way. It's going to pass it. So yeah, that's, that's who I am as a force. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Alexander. Um, you know, I, I really believe that, um, you know, our li the listeners uh, listening today will, uh, definitely you know have that motivation because it, it is hard and, and i've even felt the urge to quit when i was uh, going through cybersecurity, and you know similar to you there's just always this force that this is a pathway to, to a great a great life and the, the path the journey although like everybody has their own individual journey is, is amazing because you meet so many great people along the way um you learn so much about yourself because uh, it's an extremely challenging field that that takes it takes the best of you um, mentally, uh, 
you know, physically. I mean, there, there might be even a spiritual component to being able to deal with some of these things, um, you know, on, on a daily basis. So uh, it, 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 it's great how um, self-development and, and working in cybersecurity kind of do go hand in hand uh, because the more you better yourself, uh, you know, the, the more you understand yourself, the more you'll be, you know, receptive to, to understand things. And as technical as cybersecurity is, what I believe uh, some of our listeners may not know is that it's a very social activity. Uh, well, you know, we're not geeks sitting behind computers with hoodies, and not talking, like not talking to people. Like it's it's a very vocal um, environment. I, I almost liken it to like um, it's not similar, but you know the, the the trading floor in Wall Street where they're yelling at each other all the time. I mean, you know, a sock is kind of like that. You know, like you know, we got to isolate a breach. Okay, where are these logs? Okay, can we investigate? Like, it's, it's really just, uh, you know, on a on a high overview, it's 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 tons of communication, tons of networking, and and finding people within the organization to trust and to work with, and and having that group. It's a group effort because these hackers, the good ones, these 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 advanced threat groups are a group of people to going towards one goal of you know causing a lot of damage or getting what they want to get and they all have a common goal they're most likely friends and or in some way have built some type of standing relationship between them and just just like you said i had that same conversation with my wife i think it was yesterday talking about how i realized as well it's such a social job you know thinking back before that it's like it's not just a single person sitting in the room like I said, like in the little black hoodie, just typing away, it's all dark, you know, it, it's like, it's so much more than that. You know, being in a team and an environment where you can grow, build a relationship, build trust, respect amongst your, amongst your peers and have that back and forth with somebody is so important. It's so important to be able to grow, not just for you to grow, but those around you to grow as well, because you being a social helps them build whatever they need to build to also connect with other people around them. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very true, Alexander. It's, it's, it's really a, it's almost like we're we're nodes in a in a large, expansive system. And uh, one thing I really love about the community is that it, it's almost like uh, <laughs> it's us against the the bad guys, and and we're all kind of on the same team. You know, um, I, 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 at some levels, you know, there's some competition with you know getting clients and all that. But at the end of the day, the cybersecurity community is uh, at least the good guys. You know, it's really just one force towards you know sharing good information making sure that everyone's notified there's any threats or vulnerabilities and systems that everybody uses because you know if one of us gets hit (laughs) you know it 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 could mean that you know somebody else is next right after so that's one thing i really appreciate about this community um and one thing i wanted to allude to that I, i believe our listeners will find very helpful is that uh that feeling you had of imposter syndrome. How did how did that come on and how did you get over it? Because I know I've definitely been through it and, and some of our listeners might have uh, been through it as well or are going through it now. Well, I mean, it, it just really hit me working through some of the stuff and it, it just, I, str- I struggle mentally with a lot of different things. It's just ideas, I, I can pull them into my head and in a moment's notice, they're gone. And if I don't got my notes like all set up, if I'm just not feeling it for that day, 
I mean, I, I still battle from depression. I have anxiety. Um, I have a small form of ADHD. So it's like, I've got all these factors like pushing at me, telling me I can't do this. Move on to move on to the next project. Let's start another hobby. Let's, let's figure something else out. No, this isn't for you. You need to go to something else now. I mean, I've, I've done that through my whole life. I mean, I, I used to be into cars and be a part of car clubs. I used to do archery and I pulled away from that. I mean, I, I was doing, um, I got in, I, the car we have now is a Jeep. I got into Jeep groups. I left all that. I, I got into collecting morale patches. I got, I stopped doing that. I got into EDC, which is everyday carry. I probably had a good 40, 50 knives, all different types of them and different expensive ones or cheap ones. I mean, I've sold them all off now. Um, but and the imposter syndrome tell, pretty much just tell me like, you can't do that. You got to do this. You can't do this. You need to do that. You're not good enough for this. And with cybersecurity, I noticed like it kept telling me like, look at all these other things you failed. How do you think you could do this? Those things were easy. Those are just collecting things. This, you actually have to focus, you have to learn it. And it's like, I, I got stuck on a couple things, things that I felt were fundamental. And I didn't reach out. I didn't ask someone for help. I didn't ask to see if somebody else was having the same issues I was. And I just kind of took it as, I was afraid. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. I didn't want them to think I was stupid. I didn't want them to think I couldn't grasp it. I didn't want to be ridiculed. And that was, probably my biggest mistake is thinking that those things would even happen because like i said this, this community has been so open and just overwhelmingly welcoming um once i got past that and i had a few deep conversations with a couple people uh this guy joe foy for for one i mean he's out in the uk he's been probably one of my biggest supporters that i've had i mean he's always in my chats telling me i could do you know you got this you you got this we'll figure it out you know i believe in you everything you've gone through i believe in this I and mean, he's in my messages he's just always doing something and uh this other guy sajif i mean he's just a huge supporter he loves everything i do he's he's always telling me hey if you don't understand something you don't know something ask me or i have resources i told him you know i'm, I'm trying to work with xss right now and csrf and try to nail him down on i think he probably sent me overnight like 50 pdfs documents and things and it's like that helped me battle it, it really helped me battle it just reaching out to the community because i just i really thought i couldn't i thought it wasn't for me i'm just looking at everything and i feel like all the all the numbers letters phrases it's just whirlwinding in my face i can't grasp on anything i can't focus on any one sentence any one process and it just really made me feel like i can't do this what did i think i was getting into this is something that is meant for these guys out there getting the oscp right away this is meant for people that have like 16 different certs you know i'm, I'm watching these guys they're moving on to their cert number 22 out here and you know they're like 10 years younger than me I mean, I, you know, I'm 36, well, going on 36 next year, by the way. So it's like, I'm, I'm thinking like, am I too old for this? You know, if I move past my prime, have I moved past my prime? You know, is this really something that's feasible? And I let all that tear me down. And it was the worst thing ever. And I got really depressed. Like I said, I, I stepped away from everything for about two weeks. I even I stepped away from LinkedIn. I stopped talking to people. I just went, reconnected with nature, got in a really strenuous hike, realized how, you know, I'm, I'm overweight. I've got issues with my leg. I got back problems from past crap. And I realized I can push up these mountains. 
I can climb through through these gorges. I'm going through rivers. I'm going through all this stuff. Who says I can't learn cybersecurity? You know, so I've, if I can push myself physically to lengths that these people are watching me, like going, I don't know how the hell you did that. You know, it's like, why can't I do that mentally? It's the same thing as mentally. All it is is I've got to believe in it. I got to believe I can do this. And that's what imposter syndrome does. It makes you believe that you can't. So I'm saying if somebody's bad, if you're battling that, if you're feeling that, reach out to the community, talk to them, let them know what you're feeling. Let them know what's going on. They're going to better understand it more than you think. Because if you're going through something, just like, just like with our whole thoughts behind Google, if you have a question and you Google it, most likely someone else has had that same question. And most likely there's already someone else who's answered it. Same thing with this, with imposter syndrome. There's someone else who has it, someone else either going through the same thing, and then there's always someone else who's just beaten it and is ready to tell you, hey, this is what you got to do. This is what I did. This might help you. You got this. Stay on it. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent, Alexander. And, and uh, I definitely agree as well of just utilizing your network. Um, to, to get you out of that funk and, and sometimes you just need to talk to somebody um just to, to set the record straight because uh we can we can always tell ourselves you know stories kind of like you said of you know you're, you're not uh it, it's past your time to to work in cybersecurity when you know it's obviously not we, we still have a shortage no matter how many people come in that are much younger or, or you know or, or different in other ways um there's a, there's a space for everyone right now um and then I felt the same way as well. Like I wasn't smart enough and, you know, this field's only for, you know, extremely technical, um, you know, what's the word? Child prodigies. Yeah, exactly. Savants, right? Child prodigies that could code, that could code in the womb. And then like, you know, they, their first word was like, if else, and then, then, right. It wasn't like daddy or mommy, right? Like just, just these wonder, wonder kids. So. Uh, but not knowing that with hard work and dedication, uh, you know, doors open up and opportunities come. Um, you know, I guess uh, I do want to close this off soon. Um, one thing uh, I guess I wanted to ask is, um, is there any advice you have for anyone looking into the field? Um, I know listeners are most likely um, that audience of just looking into getting cybersecurity. Is there any advice you have for them? Um my biggest advice is just don't stop pushing because the moment you decide, you know, what, I'm going to take a break. I can't do this. The moment you decide this isn't for me is you set yourself back. You, you know, you, you've got to reclaim not just the area of study that you're in, but you've got to reclaim your confidence. you got to reclaim your drive. you got to pick your, your you know, motion back up, your inertia. you got to get all that stuff going back again. You know, it's like the moment you decide that you're going to let yourself slack and fall off, it's it's just detrimental to everything that you're doing, that you're pushing for, that you're believing in. You know, like you would, you would ask me something about like, how, how are you able to do this when other people that have had hard situations, they're just stuck not being able to do it. To me, I mean, it sounds a little mean, but you don't want it bad enough. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. If you don't want it bad enough, maybe you're not looking to do the right thing. Maybe that's not for you, but if this is for you, then you've got to want it. You've got to take it. You've got to spend the hours. You've got to put in the work. You've got to make the connections. You've got to look for as much learning possibilities that you can out there 
if you can afford it, take the courses. If you can't, reach out, ask for the, ask for, hey, what's the best way I can learn about this? Like either on the cheap, free, whichever. Who's willing to help me with this? Who's willing to go on this with me? Look for groups. You know, like, like I said, we have uh, the Ruby Zoo. We're always open. We're looking for more people. If anybody would want to join, we're all various degrees of our, I guess, study path. You know, we've got extreme beginners to we have a few people in there that maybe have been in the field for anywhere from a year to three years now. But the one thing is, is we all understand that it, you, you're never done learning. So there's always something to do. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't feel like you can't do this because you can. Everybody can. I mean, heck, my wife is doing it right now. She's never touched a computer. She wanted nothing to do with technology. She used to make fun of me when we first started dating for even having a Facebook. And now she's moved away from baking and cake decorator. I mean, she still, still does it. That's her, that's her main thing and that's how she makes her money. But she's top 2% on Trihackney. She's never done anything of like this. She's on top 2% of Trihackney. She's completed uh, a good portion of Hack the Box rooms. And she has also started learning to use Burp Suite. She's signing up with Port Swigger. Um, she's got her own Hacker 101 uh, CTF thing. She, she's working through Finding Flags. And it's all just determination. I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to utilize everything I have to my advantage. Part of that starts just with community because the community can give you the best advice. You know, it's like I had a hard time when I was first trying to just look for things by Google. The community taught me about Trihackney. I mean, I was already doing Hackbox. It taught me about Trihackney. Through the community, I learned about Port Swigger. Through the community, I learned about getting into bug bounty groups. I mean, there's just so many things out there. Don't give up. You know, don't stop being thirsty for knowledge. You have to keep going for it. You can't, like, like I, I can't stress enough. You know, it's that whole old adage, no rest for the wicked. I can sleep when I'm dead, all that, you know. You, If you can really apply that to your first, I don't know, maybe year, two years of learning, you could take that so far. Then if you were to take it at a slow pace, and I'll just learn as I go, it's whatever, you know, that, that doesn't really fly. Not for me. Push, motivation, become a force. Put it in your head, you're a force. Take that drive. Don't give up. Suck in as much. I mean, like, I'm saying as much uh, information as you can. You know, like, I've got so many libraries on my desktop right now. Filled of PDFs and things. I still need to go through them and start categorizing them so I know what I'm studying and what I'm pushing for what. And when it comes down to it, you know, imposter syndrome, burnout, all that, even down to learning, trying to figure out what courses you should take, what certifications you could start, you could start going for. Ask your community, ask those around you, connect with people that you see doing big things, connect with people that are always giving out, you know, the best advice. They're giving really good Hey, you know what? If you have an issue with this, maybe you should do that. Send them the request. Let them know why you're sending the request. Let them know, hey, I see you doing this. I'm struggling. Can you help me out? Utilize every tool available to you. That's my best advice. Don't quit. Use everything you've got and run with it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome to hear, Alexander. And then, um, 
you know, I, de- I definitely relate to that in, in the sense that um, when I started, and like you said, first, first at least one, two years, you know, give it all you got. Um, I took anything that came my way job wise and uh, something I see now, it's pretty, pretty funny is, uh, you know, there's, there's a, bit, a little bit of being picky, right? Being picky with what you, what you want to do. And I kind of laugh at that sometimes because it's like, you got to take what you get. Like we got people out here that are hungry and driven that, you know, will drive past you, you know, with that opportunity you missed because it wasn't, you know, that glamorous role that we're I, all chasing after. Yeah. Just real quick. I think on that note, I, I've had a couple conversations with a few people that have given me the holier than thou speeches and, you know, you're, you're doing this, you're doing that and everything. And it's like, you know, I would never take a role like that because they're, you know, they're asking, oh, so what are you looking towards? And, you know, oh, well, do you know what they pay? You know, I, I, I was just, there was a, a huge company right now that interviewed me. I didn't make it. They were going to keep me on file. But somebody told me like, oh, you're better off because they're only going to pay you like 48K a year. Well, first, my situation, 48K a year, I'll take that any day because I can always move up. you got to always look at it as a stepping stone. Two, when you're first getting into the career, whether it's you're first getting into IT, you're taking that, that uh, IT help desk role, you're first getting into cybersecurity, you're, you're making the, the change into things. And, and that too, people need to understand cybersecurity is not an entry level. You should have some type of a technical background. It does help. People are going to look at you and expect you, if you're getting into cybersecurity, since it's such an information-driven role that you do have some stand-on. You know, so like my wife knows she has to fight a lot harder and she's going to have to really prove herself because all she has in her background is culinary. And she's got it. She knows that there's a lot of things that she's not going to match up with other people. Well, doing this, you're going to be given the job in the trenches. Everybody goes through the mud. It's kind of like initiation. Dig yourself out of the mud. You got it. Doesn't matter. Let someone else talk the crap. You're the one putting in the work. There's always something to learn. And those roles are almost invaluable by what they can teach you by way of stress, time management, learning to deal with other people, learning to see how, you know, the guys in the top roles are, are reacting to things. Don't be upset. To, you know, like you said, don't be picky. If something comes comes across your desk, it works for you. It works for them. They're willing to give you the job. Take it. Learn everything you can from it. No matter how small the role, every single role is a stepping stone. And every stepping stone leads you to where you want to be. So don't be afraid to go through the mud. Don't be afraid to be in the trenches. There is no downside to that. No one will look down on you for it. Normally, the people that do that, they've got a different complex. And maybe they were, like you said, those savants and they moved themselves up so fast. But when you're coming up, there's there's no bad part in that. I don't see any any bad going through that. I mean, I, I went through 12 years of trenches. <laughs> so, I mean, just make it happen. Don't be picky. Said, well said. Thank thank you so much, uh, Alexander, for your time today. Um, yeah, that's all the questions I have for you. Do you want to wrap it up? But is there any any um, any last uh, comments you want to kind of give to our guests, our listeners? Um, sorry, just don't give up. Be Got a it. force. I mean, this is, it's not, it's not singled out to just me. Just because I'm the one saying it doesn't mean it's my specific thing. Take it. You know, if, if you need to think of yourself as a force and you know what, I'm going to adopt that and be that. And I'm, I'm a force too. Watch me take it. Shoot. If you're going to, you know, be a stronger force than me. I mean, if, if, if you've got what it takes, take it, do it. I mean, I'm, I'm all about the community growth. I'm all about everybody succeeding. 
even if they're succeeding before me, around me, even if they were to take a role from me, I mean, I, I don't care. I just want to see everybody succeed. And I think if we can all do that around us within this community, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of nitpicking lately. I've seen a lot of big top people going after each other, going for the throats of each other. Um, I think if we start right now with a lot of these guys coming up in the, in the field and just focusing back onto the culture and back onto the community, we can really turn those things around. You know, just be the force, be the drive, succeed, wish success for other people, and we'll be able to build a huge, strong community without from that. Excellent. Excellent. And, and where can our listeners reach out to you or get more information about you? Um, probably just my LinkedIn, Alexander Plogue. I mean, you can find me there. I do have a blog, but I don't have that information on me, but it, it is on that page. Um, I've got rid of most of my socials. So um, I'm always open to add anybody. I mean, I, I know people who have anxiety, things like that. I mean, if you want to add me and not send a message and, you know, work up to talking, I mean, I'll do that. It doesn't matter. Just connect with me. Any, anything that you see on my site that or on my LinkedIn that you feel that you want to talk about or you want to message me, do it. I'm always up to open, oh, oh, eh, always up to talk on open book. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty long winded just, just with this, but you know, uh, this is probably like my first big social interaction in a long time. So I had a lot to get off my chest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, very glad and happy to have you on today, Alexander. And, um, you know, it's it a pleasure. Uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Likewise. I really enjoyed awesome. this. Awesome. Awesome. Talk soon. All right. See you then. I'll talk to you then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>